I am not saying to people that we cause our symptoms. It's that these symptoms are a signal from our true selves or spirit that something needs to change, you know, that our lives can be better and that we don't have to constantly be in fight or flight mode. Welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss. And on the podcast today, we are joined by Katie Beecher. Katie is a licensed professional counselor and medical and emotional intuitive with over 30 years of experience. And in all this time of doing the podcast, I cannot believe that we've never had a conversation with a medical intuitive before. So I was so excited to sit down with Katie and have this conversation. You're going to hear all about the unique way in which she works with her clients in today's episode, but using only their name and their age. She's never met them. She doesn't see them. There's no photograph or anything shared. She's able to create this very detailed, individualized, physical, emotional, and spiritual report and symbolic painting that guides the session. And she's also the author of a brand new book. It came out this February. It's called Heal From Within, An Intuitive Guide to Wellness. And in this book, she teaches her unique medical and emotional intuitive techniques that she's created as well as practical individualized tools to really help you connect with your intuition, find self-love and empowerment, as well as heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. The book also describes how she became a medical intuitive and details her own healing journey from an eating disorder, depression, and Lyme disease. And in today's new episode, we talk about what it means to be a medical intuitive, how Katie works with her clients and what to expect in a session, the role of compassion in her work, and why our healing journey is really about empowerment. We talk about how we can tap into our intuition, the intuitive technique that really saved Katie's life, the common blocks around listening to our intuition, and how intuition shows up in our bodies. We also talk about why it's so important that someone else's intuition doesn't replace your own. And this is probably my favorite part of the conversation. We talk too about shifting our perspective around our symptoms, the intuition that's found in our symptoms, learning to talk to our symptoms as friends. Plus, Katie shares what she hopes readers will take away from her new book, her biggest dream, and so much more. Now more than ever, I just think it's so important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where today's sponsor, BetterHelp, comes in. So I would love to share with you a little bit more about BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you've matched with is a good fit. And no matter where you're listening to Seek the Joy podcast right now, you can also use BetterHelp because the service is available for people worldwide too. I just think it's so valuable to talk to someone about what it is that you're going through, whether that's anxiety, depression, grief, loss, changes at work, or friendship dynamics or relationships, or you want to talk about the challenges of the last couple of years. And BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network. So you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too, which I still think is a game changer. 
I really want you to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life. That's why I share these conversations with you. And so I'm just excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. Join over 1 million people and counting taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. I really enjoy this conversation with Katie and this piece about the intuition that's found in our symptoms. I thought was so fascinating and a common theme, I think, in all of the episodes that we've shared in the last four, almost five years that dive into spirituality or intuition it's really at the center of all those conversations is this element of empowerment and the ability to empower yourself through your own healing journey. And that's probably why I love this piece so much. Then you'll hear it in this episode about why it's so important that someone else's intuition doesn't replace your own. So I don't want to give any spoilers. I'm so excited for you to hear this one. As always, I can't wait to hear what you think. Make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. If you haven't already hit subscribe, hit follow, leave us a five-star rating and review. It really helps the podcast get seen by new people and also tell people what Seek the Joy is really all about. So without further ado, let's dive into this one with medical and emotional intuitive Katie Beecher. Katie, thanks for coming on Seek the Joy podcast. I know you are a licensed professional counselor and medical and emotional intuitive, and you've been doing this for over 30 years. And uh, you are actually our first medical intuitive on the podcast. So I'm very much looking forward to this conversation, but maybe a good place to start for anyone that is not familiar with um, a who or what is a medical intuitive. Could we start there? What does that mean? What do you do? How did you dive into this work? Yes. Yes. That's a very, very good place to start. So um, medical intuitives typically will be able to kind of scan the body, look into people's energy and be able to detect um, physical symptoms, um, see what some of the root causes are, look for some healing solutions, things like that. Um, I work a little bit differently than most people I know and everyone I know, but um, (laughs) I look at the whole person. So I really look at physical, emotional, and spiritual, um, both symptoms and root causes and ways to heal. Um, I, with just a name and an age, I create a four page, really detailed report about every aspect of a person's life. So not only what's happening now, but also childhood and trauma and then like career and relationships and intuitive abilities and not just focused on, you know, issues per se, but also strengths and life purpose and things like that. And I also create an intuitive painting, um, a soul painting. And there's just literally, this is just one example. They all look incredibly different. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the colors mean something, the imagery means something. Um, and it's all in information from my guides to help people um, grow and heal and do all that kind of stuff. And even though I'm a licensed counselor, I'm still not legally or ethically 
allowed to diagnose, Mm -hmm. even though there's some people who do this work who do, but I point out symptoms. Um, If there's physical healing things involved, I have licensed professionals that I work with who I refer to who can help take the conversation further, which is great. I've been doing some form of intuitive work for, like I said, over 30 years, even as a licensed counselor, I let my guides do the work and listen to them. And I have always had intuitive abilities, always had psychic abilities from the time I was really little. Didn't know what to do with them. They were pretty scary because I would pick up negative energy Mm -hmm. and grew up in a fairly dysfunctional family. So, you know, picking up um, things I didn't really want to be picking up. Mm -hmm. And I developed an eating disorder when I was, well, like from 12 to early 20s. And I was really, I really couldn't go on the way that I was going. I was throwing up three times a day and I was suicidal and Mm. depressed and just knew I had to do something or I didn't want to live anymore. So um, it was divine intervention. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anyone. I just came home from school one day and I called our pediatrician and told him what I had been doing. And he gave me the name of a therapist who happened to be a Jungian psychologist. And this was really the perfect way of healing for me because Jung is very accepting of intuition and even psychic abilities and, um, you know, looking deeper into the body and mind connection and the symbolism for things and all that kind of stuff. So she taught me how to connect to my intuition, how to connect to my body, how to find self-love, how to not be afraid of these weird things that were happening to me and how to look at what was happening to me as a gift instead of something I had to fear and fight and something that was attacking me. So I worked really hard. I knew even at that age, I needed to write this book to share what I had learned and help others. And just kind of, you know, as I went on, I just kept kind of developing my gifts, learning more about them, learning more about mediumship through a spiritualist church and figured out about 10 years ago now um, that I could do medical intuitive stuff. And I developed my own way of doing things. And um, this is sort Mm -hmm. of my my major thing now. So. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing all of that and, and um, for sharing aspects of, it is a lot, but it aspects of your journey and, and the ways in which that you work as a medical intuitive. And I think the point you made is, is crucial here that it's not necessarily the intention, right. Of a medical intuitive to replace the work of a doctor or a consultation with a doctor or a psychiatrist or, um, or any kind of medical professional, but that you right. work sort of coincide with them in parallel, in lockstep, maybe in helping someone uncover um, what it is that they are experiencing or the different ailments or to give a sort of insight. And uh, for anyone, um, well, for you listening, Katie held up this um, this picture that she draws as part of her report. And I wanted to ask you, is it a symbolic picture of the person that you're reading uh, that comes through? Or is it an image that sort of helps um, guide the reading. I'm still curious about that part of it. That's a great question. It's a little bit of both. Okay. My guides start by showing me a color Mm. and then they 
kind of start me in a something that represents a head, basically mm-hmm. um, some sort of head or a flower or um, insect or animal, but it's representative of um, of a figurative uh, image of some sort. Yeah. So it's it's symbolic in terms of each color, um, you know, wings, um, the way that the arms are placed, if they're up, they're down, if they're covering the body, if the legs are touching the ground, different things like that. So all of those things have symbolic meaning Mm. and they all have, my guides interpret the painting for people, letting them know, like, this basically means in your life that you need to be more grounded or if you are more present, then these things will develop or this is signifying that you have other people's energies kind of coming in on you and you're feeling pressured or, you know, red can be about anger or anxiety or it can mean passion. So we kind of have to figure out what it means, what these things mean for each person. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of, of symbolism, but also the ultimate goal is to have people learn from what is on the painting and how they can use it in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So everything, every aspect of the drawing is a symbol uh, yes. and is an interpretation. And, and as you were talking, I was thinking about the symptoms that we experience. I think we often look at our symptoms as either just symptoms or when you're really having a hard time, like true enemies of the state, so to speak. Like I, I know for myself, when I have an ailment or something, I don't look at it as um, something that's helpful or a teacher or a guide. I look at it as like, oh my God, this is so annoying. What an inconvenience. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I'm curious the way in which maybe you view our symptoms or spirit or guides view our symptoms, because I know that they're really here. These symptoms that we experience are really here to tell us something, but I'm curious around the perspective that you hold, um, or maybe the questions that these symptoms bring about. Um, yeah. Very curious about the way you look at all of that. Yeah. Again, you're asking really great questions. Well, thank um, you. <laughs> so I have been accused of being ableist, Hmm. the way that I view the world, um, especially when it comes to mental illness, for example, and often by people who really don't know much about me and know that I have struggled with anxiety and depression, eating disorder. And, you know, um, because I don't subscribe to the idea that we should become our symptoms, that we should identify other symptoms that, you know, the kind of the victim e mentality, which we can all do. We're mm-hmm, human. Totally. Yeah. Freaking annoying. You know, like it's totally annoying. It's overwhelming. It's, I get it. Um, but being like that has never served me. And what I've learned from working with thousands of people and in my own experiences is that when we have struggles of any sort, if we're lucky, our lives change. And often our lives change in a few ways. We learn to take better care of ourselves. We learn that we need to change the way that we look at things, look at ourselves. Maybe we have to reassess our relationships or how we're being treated and see how that's impacting us. We realize we need to go to bed earlier because we're not getting enough sleep 
or that the career we're in isn't fulfilling us and we're miserable. And so I am not saying to people that we cause our symptoms. It's that these symptoms are a signal from our true selves or spirit that something needs to change, you know, that our lives be better and that we don't have to constantly be in fight or flight mode. When I was recovering from my eating disorder and Lyme and everything, I learned to talk to him, to talk to them Mm. as friends. And sometimes I curse them out, but (laughs) I learned to talk to those friends and say, why are you here? You know, what would you like me to know? Um, How am I not being authentic? What can I do to help you heal? Um, You know, any number of things, but instead of acting like I was this horrible person who was being attacked and that I didn't deserve to be healthy or happy, it was, okay, what is this serving in my life? And I really like in my case, they were such gifts because I learned about self-love. I learned about connecting to intuition. I learned about separating from people who weren't serving me. I learned that I had to improve my body image or I was Mm -hmm. just going to hate myself the rest of my life. You know, it's just kind of, so I'm not being ableist. I'm not, not feeling compassion for people. It's not like that at all. It's just, it's a different way of looking at things. Yeah. I think it's about recognizing, well, two things. One, you can be experiencing these symptoms. They're very real for you. They're very debilitating and hurtful and harmful. But at the same time, how can we view them as like this signal post or this guidepost or this um, opportunity for your intuition to come through to help redirect you. And the way I think about this stems from my own experience too. When I was in law school, I had shingles and then appendicitis, like one after another with some other things in between. And it wasn't until I didn't pass the bar exam the first time that it was like, oh, I got the message. I had to start treating myself differently, speaking to myself differently, seeing myself differently in the world, slowing down. Um, You know, six years later, I'm still working on that. But, you know, for me, it was like a signal, you know, these things show up as a way to, I think, um, help redirect you. And I love what you said. You ask your symptoms, what would you like me to know? And I think that's so powerful, taking a second to say, what would you like me to know? Do I need to slow down? Do I need to speak to myself differently? Do I need to eat different types of foods? Am I surrounding myself with the wrong people? Am I in the wrong part of the world? Like, what is it that you would like me to know? Um, I don't know about you, but I've had experiences where if I'm in a new city or a new place, I feel different in my body, right? And then you go back home and you have that ailment again. (laughs) Or like you're fatigued again, or you don't have the energy. And it's like, "Mm, what are you trying to tell me universe? Am I supposed to be living in a different city or experiencing different things? So these symptoms, I think they have like an intuitive component to them. So I totally hear what you're saying. It's not about saying you're not experiencing this. It's you are, but what is it supposed to tell you? Exactly. Or even just, I ask people all the time, you know, what happened? What was going Mm -hmm. on in your life when the symptoms started? And sometimes it's, I switched I got on a medication or I moved or I whatever. And so sometimes it's like, oh, is there, you know, maybe that's why I picked up mold because maybe there's mold in your new place or your new or whatever. But yeah, like everything is really significant. And I love what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for what you shared too, of like, 
what, what did you, what were you doing? What was your life like? What did it look like in the moment that these symptoms developed or something shifted for you? Because I know so much of your work and this stems from your own experience is about helping others connect to their own intuition so that you can feel more, you can come from this greater empowered space, I think, to tap into your own element of healing or inner healing. And I'm curious about um, what that work looks like, how you help others, I think, tap into that sense of their own medical intuition, maybe is the right way to put that. It's all intuition, mm-hmm. just intuition in general. Um, I fully believe that anyone can tap into their intuition that we do it all the time, especially medical intuition. And if you think about it, if you get a stomach ache, you immediately have to figure out, is it something I ate? Would I feel better if I ate some crackers? Mm-hmm. Um, do I need to just go lay down, do whatever the thing, you know, uh, is it so bad that I need to go to the emergency room, but, but you're making a decision. You're tuning into your body because you're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, you're tuning into your body and you're making decisions. So we do that all the time. I don't know if you have kids, but we do it for our kids. We do it for our pets. We do it. So we're using it all the time. And with regular intuition, even, and unfortunately, a lot of people are cut off from that for various reasons. But even, you know, when you meet someone for the first time or when you're walking down the street in a new area and it doesn't feel good or all of those things. But the way that I think about intuition is that it's this all-knowing force directly from love that knows you completely. It, even though it knows you completely, um, it loves you unconditionally. Mm. It accepts you unconditionally. It's always there protecting you and always there to kind of help you to guide you too. And so by writing to it and then letting it write back to you and write, you know, writing that down, writing back to it, letting it write back to you, um, that is an incredibly powerful technique. I wish I had invented it, but it's it's Jungian psychology. But that actually saved my life. Hmm. And it's something you can do for five minutes. It's something you can do for an hour. It's sometimes I just say, do you have anything to tell me? Sometimes I ask a question. Sometimes I just start writing. because I don't know what the hell on my mind and um, ask for feedback. But it's something that everybody can do. And mostly what gets people hung up is feeling like, Am I even intuitive? Hmm. Can I do this? What if I get it wrong? You know, um, why aren't I getting more information? Um, Just if I listen, if I hear my intuition, then do I immediately have to act on it? Because that's scary. So there's a lot of blocks Mm -hmm. to listening to intuition. I, I have, it happens to me too. You know, the more we listen, the deeper we go. And then the more we have to potentially challenge our beliefs and our ideas and change. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not, it's not just fear of failure. It's fear of success too. What if you go down this road and, and all these incredible things happen in your life changes. So there's, there's so many subtleties. Mm-hmm. So and, many. Then, and, but that's a lot of my work is helping people to connect with and trust their intuition, to listen to their bodies, to, I mean, my guides are certainly incredibly accurate, 
but I don't ever want someone to substitute my intuition for theirs. So it's, you know, what is your body telling you you need to do? How are your symptoms perhaps linked to things that have happened in your life? Like quick example, somebody who maybe has endometriosis or dealing with infertility, that is the second chakra area. So it's the area around your hips and reproductive organs. It's not uncommon for me to see those symptoms in people who've had sexual assault or abuse. So all related to the same area of the body. And so sometimes it's, you need to work on or work more on issues related to the trauma um, in order for the physical stuff to heal. Mm-hmm. A couple of things you said I want to make sure I highlight. First is this element about um, this practice, this technique that saved your life. And I just want to make sure we like we really spell it out for people. It sounds like it's this practice of writing out or writing to your symptoms and giving your intuitive voice or whatever you hear, see, feel, think, just to kind of come out on the page, sort of those answers um, that come back to you and kind of having that dialogue on the page and seeing what's coming through. I just want to make sure I got that right. That sounds like that's you what did, the technique was. Did. Okay. And in fact, it's it's all spelled out in my book. Perfect. Even all better. Steps, okay. Right? All right. Wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. then the other thing you said too, which I think is interesting that um, you never want your intuition to take place of someone else's. And I think this is such a huge thing that we need to remember is that you can get guidance from someone else. You can right. have... Um, a conversation. It can be with a therapist or an intuitive or a psychic or a healer or your mom, like whoever it might be, but you don't need to take what's shared with you as gospel. You still need to be discerning for yourself and tap into your own intuition and have that experience for yourself. Um, And I think this is huge because we often negate or forget that element of sovereignty when we are engaging in these healing conversations or we're engaging in these healing practices. Um, So I'm really appreciative that you said that because it's about the guidance or the information that you have being so playing a supportive role in someone's journey, as opposed to playing um, this uh, starring role of the show, sort of speak, this main character element. And I'm so glad you said that because I think we often forget it. We do. And also there's people making claims out there that they can heal others. Hmm. And first of all, it's illegal. But second of all, like I don't heal anyone. I'm a facilitator. I'm a helper. But that healing comes from within us. Yeah. And while I do believe in energy healing, I believe in um, Reiki, you know, all that kind of thing. It's still spirit working through us using our own energy to help us heal us. Yeah. So there's, I feel really bad for people who've tried everything. They've tried traditional medicine, they've tried alternative medicine, they've, you know, and they're really desperate and they feel awful and they're kind of willing to, do use any book or any herb or any food or anything and just want this quick fix. And it doesn't work that way. And you can't sidestep your intuition. You can't Mm -hmm. sidestep that hard work of, you know, kind of working through the struggle and, and feeling that pain and feeling the stuff, um, get to where you need to be and no one can do it for you. 
I think this, this aspect of our conversation is also highlighting something that I think about all the time that this is a co-creative process or a co-creative collaborative sort of existence or journey. And so when you're working with, um, in a medical intuitive or an intuitive in general, it really is about that collaborative co-creative process. And I'm, I'm curious what that looks like for you in your work, because I know you share, you, you create this report and this drawing, and, um, it sounds like there's a plan too, for healing moving forward, but would love it if you could speak to just the ways in which it's become co-creative for you and, and the individual person you're reading is still so much a big part of it. Sure. So I send the report and painting before we meet, so mm-hmm. I want to have a chance to look it all over and get yeah. there. And then I start off by asking, is there anything that you want to make sure that we discuss in our time together so that their issues are, you know, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I say, you know, we're going to start with the report and please let me know what you think about it, what resonated with you, what may not have any questions you have. And then I will get more impressions from my guides as we go through too. So it's a very, very interactive thing. Um, And, you know, they'll be like, oh yes, this is especially important to me because of this or whatever. And my guides will be like, oh, okay, that's something let's, let's highlight that and let's spend more time on that Mm -hmm. say than something else. And I'll ask them things, you know, what do you, why is this important to you or what was going on at the time your symptoms started or, or whatever. And, um, and I will bring up a suggestion from my guides or whatever, and then say, you know, how does that feel to you? What does that look like in your life? Um, so it's, I want to respect what they already know mm-hmm. because we do have wisdom. I want to respect what they've already tried and also, um, compassionately, bring up things that may be frightening to them or um, it's often some of the things that I I will bring up are things that they don't really want to deal with. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I'll leave my marriage when I feel better. Well, you might have to do it in reverse order, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So it's, it's bringing up things in, compassionate ways and really trying to, I don't really know how to phrase this, um, really understand where they're coming from mm-hmm. um, and make you know them be the first part of the process um, and start in terms of making changes. You know, this is, we talk about a lot, it may seem really overwhelming. Let's find a first place to start. Let's yeah. find something doable. Yeah. Um, so it's very individualized, depends on the person, but I really try to get into where they're at and, and start, you know, um, making changes that they can comfortably make and kind of go from there. The way I I interpret what you just said is about approaching the session with this sense of love and kindness and acceptance and meeting someone where they're at so as to not overwhelm them or push them or scare them. Um, And it's about, I think, kind of being a gentle guide through whatever information is that that's my impression of what you just said. Very, very much so. Especially since my guides, you know, the report will bring up things that they may not have told anyone, you know, this Mm. might be very, very scary. And 
people will say that's comforting because they don't have to retell their whole story mm-hmm. or they don't have to have the fear of bringing up something that they've never told anyone. So it's kind of like every, they, they say, I feel like you already know me. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, um, a nice thing and kind of gets everything out in the open. And then we can be like, okay, where do you want to start? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's so interesting because then you don't have to go through the process of retelling your story. Someone else already knows. And then from there, you can sort of pick and choose what is kind of coming to the surface in the moment. And the story you shared earlier about um, maybe infertility issues or endometriosis and its connection to the second chakra. I know in your new book, um, Heal From Within, you talk a lot about uh, the different chakras and um, maybe what... um, will pop up for someone depending on those chakras or what's added alignment or how you can work with those chakras. And um, based upon what I've learned through doing this podcast over the last almost five years is um, the sixth chakras or the seventh is often what we connect to as being connected to our intuition. But it sounds like with every chakra, there can be some healing work that needs to take place or some recognition that's tied to different physical ailments or, or things within the body. Is Do I have that right? Because I've been thinking Absolutely. a lot about that. Absolutely. And there are symptoms and emotional and spiritual aspects of your life that fit into more than one chakra. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. Um yeah, there's things related to every single chakra, which is why it's really important to look at the whole person. Mm-hmm. And because let's say you, um, infertility is a great example. So there's there's usually second chakra things physically and emotionally. And then there can also be things like, so the fifth chakra is about the throat and self-expression. And maybe you don't feel like you're heard or seen in your relationship. And so you're a little unsure about having a baby with this person, you know? Um, so we talk about, are you able to express yourself? Mm-hmm. What is your role in, the, in your relationship? Um, you know, is your intuition telling you that this, that you're, partners cheating on you there's so many things layers different layers yeah yeah and and it's they're all important Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's so interesting because as you were talking something that kept coming to mind is how we're just so disconnected like we're disconnected from our bodies and so we may not know that you know um you know having to constantly clear your throat or not feeling capable of talking or restricted is like connected to this fifth chakra or we may not know that we keep getting these colds because there's something deeper that within emotionally um that we need to connect to and i'm curious through your work with so many people over the last 30 years why are we so disconnected in that way? Or, um, are there certain signs that we can look for that would share with us? Like, okay, well, yeah, you're really disconnected from your body right now. There are so many reasons. Again, such a good question. Um, <laughs> one of the reasons is, and it starts very early mm. is that we are often raised by people who don't know how to connect to their own intuition, who've been through trauma, who, don't encourage us to listen to ourselves and express ourselves and be authentic because they're threatened by it, who are addicted, who are whatever in God's name the thing is. The 
if you're addicted, if you're in pain, if you've been through trauma, whatever, the human survival response is to get out of our bodies. Mm. And we live in the past or the future. We don't live in the present. The present is too painful. So you're not in your body. You're not in the present. We live in a very diet cultured society. There's something wrong with our bodies or our appearance or being in pain, any of those things. You don't like your body, so you think you're something wrong with it, so you don't want to be in it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be present. You're out of your body. You have trouble connecting with your feelings because you think that who you are is flawed or that you are comparing yourself to others on freaking Instagram or something <laughs> or the person you live next to or whatever. Um it's too difficult to be in your own space, in your own body, so you're out of it. Um, it's so common, I think, one of the toughest things about recovering from the eating disorder was learning to love and accept myself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't giving up the behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And if I had not worked with a therapist who taught me that and stressed it, I'd be dead. It just, it wouldn't have worked. Unfortunately, so much of addiction treatment is still focused on behavior, Mm. not focused on the authenticity and the self-love. And so it's, I just, I think it's an epidemic, you know, um, it takes a lot of courage to be ourselves and to be present. And it's really sad, (laughs) Um, but also there's people who, are really intuitive and spiritual and you don't know what to do with that. And that's mm-hmm. scary. And so it's easier to live in your head than to be in your body. Totally. Allow totally. That. You know, there's so many reasons for not mm-hmm. being in your body or not being grounded, but then our, our body has to yell at us in some way or our symptoms mm-hmm. have to yell at us in some way to bring us back. Yeah. I think what I'm hearing is like at the root of all of this is it's about your journey back to your own self-love and acceptance and uh, non-judgment and really acknowledging and recognizing who you are. And the more that we can get in the practice of doing that, the less disconnected and the more connected, I think eventually we become. And I know, you know, it's so interesting. And I say this all the time on this podcast, but our own personal experiences really inform, I think the work that we do in our lives and the messages that we really feel called to share. And I know so much of your mission is really to help people connect to this element of their intuition and find that, um, unconditional self-love and acceptance for them as well. And one of the ways that you're doing that this year is through your new book, heal from within. And so, um, as we kind of bring this conversation to a close because I could talk to you all morning. Um, (laughs) What do you really hope readers will take from the book? Um, I know it's been out since February now. Yeah. About a month. Um, Yes. When I was recovering 16 years old, I heard from my guides with intuition, um, self-love and self-acceptance. You can heal from anything. And that is the message that you need to get out there. Mm. And that's the premise behind the book. And it's, there's so many, there's a lot of tools in there. There's a lot of charts and a lot of quizzes and a lot of things to figure out who you are, what you need to work on, where you're at and getting you back to your true self. But, and a lot of people won't be into it. They want to know what herb to take and what food to eat and 
and how to whatever, what exercise to use or how to fast or, you know, um, it's about doing the work. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be so hard because we're born with self-love and we're mm-hmm. born with intuition. So it's about going back to yourself, but, but it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So worth it. And that's really the message is whatever you are going through, you can not only get through, but be a better person, be a happier, healthier person because of it. And, and there's a different way of looking at things. And, you know, if what you're doing now isn't working, try something else, you know, be open to, to a different way. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. It's really about coming back to yourself because we are born with that element of love and acceptance. And um, I mean, look at babies. I mean, you know, but over time as we sort of immerse in the world and culture and family dynamics, we kind of, that all that stuff kind of goes to the wayside. And I think we all eventually in one form or another end up embarking on this journey uh, back to ourselves and back to our own self-love and this space of empowerment and um, healing. And so I will put all the links for your book in our show notes, make it so easy for everyone to access it. As we close out this conversation, I'd, I'd love to ask you, Katie, the the question I ask everybody that comes on Seek the Joy podcast. And uh, that is, what is your biggest dream? Wow. Um, it's a big one. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess what's coming to mind is that, that everyone can really learn to be their authentic, true self. Mm. And it happens over time. Oh my goodness. It happens over time. It is a process. I'm still Mm -hmm. learning about who I am. Still learning about self-love. I've been doing this for a long time. Mm. And as we learn more things and have more challenges, you just learn it in a different way, but it's definitely a process. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for sharing your work with us, the work of a medical intuitive. But I also think um, with your book, I think it's 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 really about finding your own sense of empowerment in your healing journey and just how wonderful that you can work with someone like you who can really, I think, tap in and, and maybe get to the root cause of things and help kind of formulate a plan, you know, alongside a doctor or a nutritionist or other medical professional. So where can everyone um, find you? connect, learn more. Uh, and thanks again for this conversation. Oh, thank you. The easiest place is my website. It's katiebeecher.com. So it's B-E-E, um, katiebeecher.com. I'm on Instagram, Katie Beecher Medical Intuitive, and I'm on Facebook. And there's a private Facebook group for the book if people are interested. So those are the easiest ways. I am um, actually, I'm not sure when this will air, Um, I have a workshop coming up May 7th. Um, It's a one night, one afternoon, depending on where you are out. um, It's based in LA, but it's virtual Mm. um, based on the book. And it's all about learning to connect to intuition and yourself and teaching people how to make those uh, intuitive paintings and all that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. All right. Everything's going to go in the show notes. We'll make it so easy for everyone to find you, connect, learn more, get the book. And Katie, thanks again. This was wonderful. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. 
You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to join the community, join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.